Why, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional. How are you doing today, Suzanne? Good. Another gorgeous day in, in Arizona. Yes, the weather is very inspiring, but it's so hot. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it, is. it is. I know. It's amazing how quick it becomes so hot here. I know. It was like they flipped a switch and it went from being manageable to being over the top. But we knew it was coming. It just was a, a quick transition, I guess, once it got to that point. Yep. That's so true. Yeah. But with the beautiful weather outside, I have summer on my brain. It's finally May. Spring is here, summer's coming. It's a really good feeling. It's energizing, I think. It is. Yeah, a lot of look a lot to look forward to. Yes, including a big event happening today that has me excited because it is a bucket list item while I'm not there in person this year. I do hope to get there in the future. Any guesses as to what that might be? Well, I know what it is and I've been there, just not for the race, but it is Kentucky Derby Day. Yes, it is. So beautiful dresses, big hats, impressive horses, mint juleps, the whole Kentucky affair. I know. And I would love to be there this time of year. I would love to be a part of the excitement of the Kentucky Derby. It must be quite an experience. I would think so. I've only been to one horse race before, and that was in Texas, and that was quite an experience. I didn't know what to expect going in, but I would happily go back and then to double down on it and to make that next adventure to the Kentucky Derby, that would be incredible. I know, right? It would be so much fun. And I know I'm not the only one who has this as a bucket list item because I believe you do too. And then also my brother and sister-in-law really want to get there at some point for the, the Derby. We drove through um, Kentucky one year when we were driving from Ohio to Arizona and we actually stopped um, in Kentucky and stayed overnight and just saw, we saw the, um, where they make the baseball bats. What <laughs> Of course, I can't think of it. The Louisville Sluggers? Yes. And Is that then, the name of the um, bat? Um, good question. Must be. Must okay. be. <laughs> yeah. But it was a cool museum and gift shop. And then we went to the Kentucky Derby or the home of the Kentucky Derby. And oh, that Southern experience, such a cool place. Okay. Well, we're going to have to get it on the calendar sometime. In the next yes, we will three or four years, Few. something like yep, that. I agree. I yes. agree. Well, you do know, and I think I've shared with the listeners that we have quite the connection to horses. Not like the lifetime connection, but Rob mm -hmm. is a huge fan of races and horses, and it's always been his dream to own a horse. I think you know this about him. Yes, I do. Yes, so much so that about 10 years ago, he didn't have any horses, didn't have any outlook on getting a horse. So we went to this fundraiser at the zoo and him and one of his friends decided it might 
be the closest they ever come to owning a horse. And this that they got to bid on because it was in a live auction to support the zoo was naming the the baby moose that was at the zoo. And so him and his friend decided to buy the naming rights for this moose because they thought they would never, yeah, they'd never own horses. So do you remember what they named this moose? (laughs) I don't. I'm sorry. I'm getting too old to remember things like that. Well, Rob always thought it would be cool to own a horse that as it was running down the, the track, they would say, and here comes Uncle Fudge. So they named this baby moose Uncle Fudge. Oh, I love that name. Perfect. Yeah, it was really fun. And I thought that had scratched his itch. And it's really kind of cool, too, because, um, well, this part's not cool. But we have a friend who said, well, once a moose gets so old and it dies, like they <laughs> they give that meat to like the tigers and stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't want to hear that story. Why would Why would you share that? So Rob was worried that it happened to Uncle Fudge. The cool part is we have friends with kids who go to the zoo just to see Uncle Fudge. And at least the last time I checked, he was still there, which I'm happy about. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's an old moose. That is an old moose. Maybe he's not there anymore, but I like to believe in my mind that he is. So anyhow, that scratched the itch for a while. A couple of years back, Rob found an organization where he could buy into partial ownership of horses, and that has really scratched his itch. And one of the funnest things about owning horses is when they let you choose its name or you get to submit ideas for their name. And that for me has always been so much fun because you can get pretty creative. And one of my favorite suggestions I made, but nobody ever listens to me, is the name (laughs) someone's college tuition. Because I thought it would be so cool in a race if this horse was running and it's like, and here comes somebody's college tuition. Like, I just thought that would be hilarious because horses are not an inexpensive sport even in partial ownership, because you get a, you know, you get that, oh, I want to own part of this one. I want to own part of this one. And yeah, it's just fun to watch your horses race. Oh, I know. I know. For a while, we were going to um, join forces and buy a horse together. But I think my husband nixed that idea. Yeah, because I was all in. I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. We're going to do it. And we had we had some fun coming up with names for our horse. But then I think Jeff stepped in and said, we're not doing it. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's a hobby. I will say it's yeah. a hobby. No big returns. But it's just fun to go watch a race, to have on a shirt with the logo on it, and to see your horse there, and to be able to cheer and get Yeah, to get everybody who's there watching the race cheering with you for this horse. So it's been a lot of fun for us. But for me, of course, it's all about the names. And so when I hear Kentucky Derby, beyond all the tradition and everything, I really like to go and look at the name of the horses running. I never look at their odds. I never look at how well they've done, if they're mutter horses or if they run best on dry tracks, none of that. I solely look at their names. And if it inspires me, then that's the one I 
select or the two I select. Well, there you go. That's a great way to do it. Kind of right. reminds me of how I pick my bracket for basketball. If you like their name, you pick it? Um, well, that's how I originally used to do it. Yeah. When I first started, when my son first introduced me to the NCAA, that's how I got involved because it's like, yeah, I picked the teams that I liked the name or I liked the location. And yeah, it never had anything to do about the actual game. Right. And I still think I'm in for the NCAA tournament more about um, the location. Have I been there? Do I have good memories associated with there? That's how I still pick my brackets. Right, exactly, depending on the year. And you know about me, I have my emotional bracket that I do every year and my real bracket. So I've kind of hung on to that tradition of just going with the ones that I like because they have a cute mascot or I love their name or their location. So I do always still do my emotional bracket. And which one do you usually do better with? Your emotional bracket or your thought out looking at statistics bracket? It used to be my emotional bracket. Almost every year that one did better, but it's gotten muddled over the years because now I have a team that it's very hard for me to bet against, you know, so I always have to have Gonzaga at the, you know, in the end, regardless of whether it's emotional or a real. So it does kind of mess me up a little bit. I gotcha. I'm hearing you. But I'm getting off track. We got to get back to our horses. Okay. Well, a little while ago, I sent you a list of all the horse names that are running. Mm -hmm. And I looked at this list and I picked the horses that from their name spoke to me or connected into my life in a way that is sentimental. And so I've chosen Mm -hmm. three and I was hoping that maybe you would look at your look at that list and then, you know, see if you had any Mm -hmm. emotional connections or pools to any of the horses. I I do. I have three that jumped out at me right away. Um, But I think I want to guess which three you picked and see if I get any of them right. Yeah. You know, when you said you had come up with three also, I'm like, I bet I know two of them because they're probably the same two that I picked. (laughs) So you, you can think? try and guess. Yeah, you can try okay. and guess. Okay. So we have 22 options. Am I correct? I'm looking. I see 20. Okay. I'm just going to run down the list really quick. Of course, the number one favorite, I can't even pronounce his, Mo Dungal, Dungal, Mo Dungal. Then there's Happy Jack, Epicenter, Summer is Tomorrow, Smile Happy. Messier, then there's Crown Pride, Charge It, Tis the Bomb, Zandon, Pioneer of Medina, um, Tabia. I don't know what that one. I probably said that one wrong. Um, that reminds me of a private part, the way you said that. <laughs> so I hope that's not how you pronounce it. <laughs> no, I hope not either. Um, Barber Road, White of... Uh, God. Okay, so I can't pronounce words. Let's just white Aberio, Cyberknife, Classic Causeway, Tawny Port, Zozos, Arethial Road, Rich Strike, 
and rattle and roll. Oh, well, I don't see Rich Strike and Rattle and Roll mine. So just know that I didn't pick those two. They're not even options. <laughs> okay. Because I don't okay. have that on my list. Okay. So I think you definitely picked Smile Happy. It was a contender. Oh, dang. Okay. But I definitely looked at that one. And okay. looked at it more so, than once. Okay. I also think you went with Summer is Tomorrow. That was another contender. <laughs> God, did I not get any of these right? Um, and then I think you went with, it's a tough one, Cyber Knife. No, Suzanne, you do not know me at all. Although the first two, they were ones I really considered. I had to limit it to three. So okay. do you want me to share my three yes, top choices? Okay. Yep. <laughs> so the very first one, and maybe it'll be obvious why, but I just love the double play on it, is horse number eight. Charge it because while people are probably meaning charge it on the field, I'm thinking charge it on the credit card. I like that (laughs) idea. I just thought it was clever. I'm like, oh, yeah, just charge it. So I picked charge it. That's a good one. Is that one you picked also? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. I thought for sure you would have picked (laughs) up on that also. Okay. The second one that I picked, and this one, I thought for sure you would get is Crown Pride number seven because of my love of everything royal and not like Crown Royal the drink, but like Her Majesty Royal in London, England. Right, right. And I have to say that was one of my three. For the same reason? Yes, exactly the same reason because I know that Queen Elizabeth is a great lover of horses and it just spoke to me because it made me think of Queen Elizabeth. Yes. And that's, I mean, we're on the same page with that one. So awesome. And then the third one that I picked, and it really is because I have a friend named Mo that I picked this one, but Mo Dongle, I picked it because it reminded me of a friend of mine in Anchorage for some abstract reason. So that is why I picked that as my third choice. Okay. Well, there you have it. Okay. So now we have to figure out which horses you chose. Yep. Okay. So we already know Crown Pride. I think maybe you went with Tawny Port. No, I did not. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How about because you are a matriarch and... How about Epicenter? That was would have been my fourth pick, Epicenter. I went back and forth with Epicenter, and only because it reminds me of earthquakes, which, you know, harkens me back to Alaska. But um, so not for the same reason, but that would have been my fourth choice. Okay. I j- just thought of you as a force to be reckoned with yourself. So it might just um, be the one. Okay. Well, I don't know. Let's see. Let me try one other. Summer is tomorrow because you love summer. I do 
summer and it's in contention as well, but it did not make my top three. We know that I made my top three. Other one I picked was Happy Jack. And don't ask me why, it just spoke to me. It's like Happy Jack. It's like, I love that one. I like Happy Jack too. It has just such a, it reminds me of Jack in the Box. So the restaurant. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Okay, well that, uh, yeah, that didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> okay, so okay. your top three were Crown Pride, Happy Jack, and what was the other one? Okay, and the last one, which you wouldn't have ever guessed because it wasn't on your list, was Rattle and Roll. Oh, I like that one too. If I would have remembered that and been able to look at it, I probably would have chosen that one. Figured that one out. And it's only because it reminds me of Elvis, which then in turn reminds me of Vegas. (laughs) And the owner is Lucky Seven Stables. So it's like that right there is just... Everything about Rattle and Roll is good. You have gone deep with this. I just looked at the names. You looked at stables. What else did you look at? Like the type of running it was and... Okay, well, it's odds. I looked at its lifetime earnings and I looked at the owner. So that's what I looked at. Okay. Well, let's see. Of the three choices or the three horses that I picked, Charge It, Crown Pride, and Mo Dangle. Mo Dangle has the best odds at 10 to 1. And Crown Pride and Charge It are tied at 20 to 1. Now, of course, since Mm -hmm. the race is later today, we do not know who the winners are, but I'm predicting it will be one of those three horses. How about you? What are the odds on the horses you chose? Okay, so Happy Jack um, is has (laughs) probably doesn't have much of a chance because, well, he's his odds are 21 to 1. And his earnings are only 52,000. Either he's a young horse and hasn't raced a lot or he's a loser. (laughs) No losers in the Kentucky Derby because you have to win something to get there. But yes, I know what you're saying. So before we go to Crown Pride, which was my second choice, Smile Happy, just as a side note, is also owned by Lucky Seven Stables and has 499,000 of lifetime earnings. So that would have been a good one to go with. Yeah, but not I a bad choice. See that it was Lucky Seven. So anyway, yeah. But Crown Pride um, has six hundred and seventy-one thousand lifetime earnings. So Crown Pride is a good option. And um, and he's seventeen to one. Okay, so and our then, odd page is just a little bit different. Where I snapped them this morning, you must be looking at a more recent one. Maybe a live one. Yeah. Okay, sorry, just interjecting that. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's okay. And Rattle and Roll um, has $356,000 in total earnings. So if I were going to place them, I think Crown Pride has, its, has the best chance of winning my three. And then Rattle and Roll and then Happy Jack would be my, my guess. Well, I'm super excited to watch the race today because now we have kind of our picks in between us to see if any of them are correct. And in my mind, correct is first through third because those all place and show and win. So yay. And track conditions are supposed to be clear. And 
Yeah, that really does play in too. I never thought about it, but we we were um, out once and they it was on Kentucky Derby Day and they were going through like all their horses and stuff, but the track conditions were horrible. And Rob, who does the research, he goes even deeper than you did. He realized that one was a, a mudder horse. It ran really well in the mud. And he's like, that's the one to choose. And sure enough, that thing won the race. So he knows his horses. Yes, he does. I think we should talk about some of the history of the Kentucky Derby and the traditions of the Kentucky Derby. What do you think? Yeah, bring it on. What do you got for me? Okay. Well, I'm going to start with the hats <laughs> because, oh, yes. of course, that's the direction I'm going to go. Um, and it says it is a long established fashion for this horse race because it was considered the biggest event of the high class um, that would attend similar to European style racing events. So it mandated full morning dress for men and women, including hats. So as for the hats, um, it's important here if tips for picking your hat for the Kentucky Derby. And this would be a really challenging thing for me because I am not a hat person. I love to see hats, but you put one on my head and it's like, ugh, ugh. But it must coordinate with the outfit you're wearing. Very number one important thing. And then at the Kentucky Derby, which I don't agree with in fashion in general, but at the Kentucky Derby, your hat, your dress, your bag, your sh shoes, and if you're carrying a parasol, should all match. So that's, yeah, I think that's very important. So how do you think most women do that? Do they buy the hat first and then coordinate the well, dress with the hat or the other way around? Buy the dress first, then coordinate. Okay, so it is recommended that you choose your hat first and then coordinate the rest of your outfit around your hat because it the hat is the most important part of your outfit at the Kentucky Derby. So you find the hat and the biggest mistake you can make is have a hat that's too small for your physique or a hat that's too large for your physique. So basically if you're petite, don't go big hat, go little hat. If you're big, don't go little hat, go big hat. So big to big, small to small. Oh my gosh, there's a lot to consider because I would just think the bigger, the brighter, the better. And that's mm -hmm. what I would go with. I've gone to a Kentucky Derby party at a friend's house and we all wore hats. And I, I found this really cute red flouncy hat. And that was definitely the one I was going to go with. But I didn't think about <laughs> matching it to my body size all the, and all the, yeah. And all well, the other things yeah. that go into choosing it, it did coordinate with my outfit. So that was good. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really a person who wears hats a lot. So yeah, there's that too. Worst critic yeah. okay. <laughs> myself. Yeah. Okay. So that's the most important thing about um, derby traditions, <laughs> but okay. We could go to the mint tulip, which is also a very important tradition. Everyone, they, it says here, this is according to the Kentucky Derby website, 120,000 mint juleps are served on the day of the Kentucky Derby. Oh my gosh. 
that I don't requires oh, go ahead. more than t- that requires more than ten thousand bottles of Old Forester mint julep ready to serve. I couldn't 10, drink it. Thousand bottles. I don't know if I've ever had a mint julep, but I have the recipe in front of me. Okay. Yes. Please share it. Three ounces of Old Forester mint julep. Uh, three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup, eight to 10 mint leaves, and then three mint sprigs for garnish. You muddle the mint, you add, combine the bourbon. So the old forester must be the bourbon, the type of bourbon. So you mix the bourbon, the syrup, and the mint leaves, and then you muddle the mint leaves and you serve it in a julep cup. There's a reason why I only drink wine, champagne, and beer, because that does not even sound good to me. It doesn't sound good. Um, that's probably why I've never had one. But Well, are you going to anyway. try them this afternoon? Are you going to go get well, the maybe. ingredients and make one and let us know? I know. Well, and that leads me to think, I wonder if there's a traditional menu for food for the Kentucky Derby, but it's not on my list. Ah, that, it, that would be good to know. That would be very interesting. Let me ask you this. Can you name any of the Triple Crown winners sea in biscuit. history? Um, Seabiscuit? Wait. Um, Seabiscuit is not on this list. Well, obviously, I'm not very good at this. Um, can in the history, there is one, and it wasn't too long ago, and I can't remember its name. I just remembered when it retired, like its stud fees were going to be really high. Okay. And I have to see. (laughs) So we know that the Triple Crown is winning the three most competitive horse races. Um, The Kentucky Derby, the, they don't have the other ones listed here. So I have to remember them. I think one's Stakes, Belmont Stakes, right? I don't know. Preakness. Preakness. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Kentucky Derby, Preakness, Belmont. I think Belmont Stakes. That one's I'm, I'm iffy about. Okay, so I remember when Secretariat won the Triple Crown. My dad loved watching horse races, and I remember um, Secretariat winning. And Secretariat was the first horse to win the Triple Crown in about twenty five years. The one before that was Citation, who won in 1948, and Secretariat won in 1973. I also remember Seattle Slough, which won in 1977. Oh, wow. Like, that's going back a lot of years. Um, Mm -hmm. What are the most recent... The most recent one was 2018, and that was Justify. That's it. I don't remember. Oh, see, I don't don't remember that one at all. That was the one I was trying to remember, and I knew it wasn't too long ago that Mm -hmm. the horse had won. Mm -hmm. And then in 2015, American Pharaoh won. I remember that, too. And that was the first one to win the Kentucky Derby since 1978. The horse before that was affirmed that won in 1978. So there was a long 
a long break between those horses. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. Like you did your research for this podcast. I'm very impressed. Well, considering we weren't sure what we were going to talk about two hours ago. Well, that is true. I mean, you pulled it all together and had you not shared that, everyone would think that you were just, well, they still think you're an amazing rock star, but yeah, you gave a secret away there that we were not prepared. We weren't prepared, but yeah, but there you have it. Yeah, we have a whole bunch of topics that are sitting on a list, but you said today that you really wanted something lighthearted. And this was kind of a fun one because we do, Rob and I have the connection to the horses and he loves to watch races and, you know, just get into the whole vibe of it. So it felt pretty fun and connected and, you know, a little bit, maybe, I don't want to say shallow how I pick the names, but, you know, just giving a little insight into (laughs) when I look at the names of those running, why I pick it. And a couple of years ago, there was one that was running that was called authentic or not authentic. Yeah, no, authentic, I think, was part of its name. And I'm like, I like that because it's so important to be authentic. And it did end up winning. So I felt like, or authenticity, something like that. But I was like, oh, there's a connection. I want to live an authentic life. That's why I'm choosing that horse. And then that one won. So sometimes it does work. It does. And I, you know, and I have to confess, I mean, I love watching the Kentucky Derby when I remember it's on this year. I kind of forgot that it was even on. (laughs) So... Well, now you remember. Thank you, Michelle. Now I remember. And I, yep, thank you, Michelle. And now I have something to do this afternoon that will be just fun and enjoyable. Yeah, well, something you're going to have to do while watching it. And I will try to see too, because I'm very curious now about the traditional food that's served, because here's my reasoning. You have all these women and gentlemen who are dressed up in their best. You know, the women in the dresses and the hats, the men, I'm guessing like Sears, Secker suits or, you know, that light linen, you know, just they're drinking classy, um, traditional drinks. And you're not going to serve that with a hot dog. Or are you like okay, nachos? Well, I, I, happen, I, happen to, I happen to Google it and I know exactly. Here is the official derby menu served in Millionaire's Row at Churchill Downs Racetrack on Derby Day, which I don't know what Millionaire's Row is. I can only guess by the name (laughs) what it means. But you will be served today seared chicken breast with pancetta, Vivaldi onions, and fennel cream. You will also be served short ribs with Vivaldi onion demi-glaze. You will be served Woodford Reserve sweet potato casserole, charred broccoli salad, butternut squash, baby kale, and farro risotto, lemon green bean salad, and pimento cheese creamed spinach. That is your meal. How can you serve something without dessert? Well, I was like, thinking the dessert. I was thinking the exact same thing about the dessert also. Um, because maybe it'll be like strawberry shortcake or something, because I like sweet after I eat. Yeah. I do too. And strawberry shortcake would be a good one. Yeah. That would be a really good one. Yeah. Maybe it's just a mint julep for dessert. Must be. I'm looking. I am looking, looking, looking. 
and I cannot find what if they serve dessert. Okay, well, we'll just pretend in our little world that we had it right and it's strawberry shortcake because that just speaks spring. It's, you know, just the different ingredients and everything. So, wow. Well, I'm glad to know it's not like hamburgers and hot dogs and nachos that's being served with those beautiful drinks. (laughs) Yep, in their beautiful clothes. (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't quite fit the vibe if you saw people with barbecue sauce all over their face or their hands were dirty from the cheap. Yeah, so it's a classy affair. Exactly. Hey, well, I guess with all that shared, unless you have anything else you'd like to add about the Kentucky Derby or your plans to watch it tonight. I do not. How about you? I don't think I do. I guess I'm just looking forward to the race. I'm looking forward to seeing if one of our horses pulls it out. And yeah, I guess I'll just say cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.